Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word and for the way that your word speaks to us. We pray now that you would help us to hear what you might want to say to each of us personally. Help us, Lord, to follow your call. In Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are with uh, the next instalment of the missional life, and we're thinking today about hospitality. You know, one of the things that struck me over the last few weeks is the, uh, is the way that so many nations have welcomed Ukrainian people across their borders. All sorts of nations are all around Ukraine have opened their borders, offered care, offered respite, given food and shelter, medical care. They've done just an incredible thing for people who are suffering. And none more so than, than the Polish people, who have, I think it's roundabout, they've accepted two million refugees so far. That's probably four times more than any other nation perhaps even more than all the other nations put together. And they've done an incredible thing. And it's even more incredible when you think about the history between Ukraine and Poland, because it's a very rocky history. During the Second World War, there is now what is regarded as a a genocide on the Polish people within Ukraine. Well over 100,000 Polish people were murdered by Ukrainians. And yet here's Poland flinging wide their borders and saying, come, we'll provide shelter for you. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, that is, that is hospitality at the extreme. And uh, even in this country, we've, uh, is it, I think it's over 100,000 people have offered their homes to refugees. And I know people here in, in our community, our, our church, have done that too. And it's amazing, isn't it? When the chips are down... We always, people are always going to be welcoming and hospitable. They will open their homes, their countries to those who are in need. When the chips are down, people are generally good. And as we think about hospitality today, we can look at all that and say, well, this is what we're doing, isn't it? And of course, it is what we are doing. But the kind of hospitality that the Bible has in mind is not simply a hospitality that is there in times of crisis. It is a hospitality that is consistent and ongoing, an everyday kind of hospitality. And that is perhaps where we all struggle a little bit. When we know people are really struggling, when they, we know they're in need, we all do things, but it's the everyday thing that we often struggle with. And the Bible is nothing but consistent in calling us to be a a regular, daily, hospitable kinds of people. And when you look at what the Bible says, it says so many things about hospitality. It's very clear. It should just be part of our natural lives, our everyday lives. In preparation for this, I was uh, reading about a story of a, uh, I think it was a Jewish woman in the first century who would often have tables of food laid out every single day just so she could welcome strangers. She became known as someone who you could go to whenever you were in need. It was an everyday kind of thing. 
And the Bible calls us to that. It calls us to, whenever we eat, to perhaps open our table to others. That our homes should be places of sanctuary, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. And when you look at some of the Bible verses that, uh, I'm going to go through a few, I'm just warning you now, okay? Uh, I'm going to go through a few. This is what it says about hospitality. It's for, the, it's for the needy. Romans 12, 13, share with those in need, practice hospitality. As you see a need, our first thought should be, how can, we wel- can, how can I welcome this person into my life? How can I share something of what I have with them? It should be done cheerfully. And this might be a, a bit of a challenge, certainly is for me. Uh, 1 Peter 4 says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. On uh, Friday night, uh, my wife and I hosted a, um, a meal for, for 16 people. It was church leaders and their spouses. Um, and uh, yes, we grumbled a bit. I'll just hold up my hand. It was all day of cooking and prep and I'm trying to prepare a sermon and Andrew's shouting at me because I'm not helping out. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. It doesn't always come natural, does it? But that's what we are called to do, to try and offer our homes and to learn how to do it with grace and patience and even joy and cheerfulness. Our hospitality should also be offered to those who can't repay us. We all know what it's like, don't we? You know, someone invites you for a meal. What do you always think? Oh, at some point we need to invite them back. We want to kind of, kind of offer it in, um, in return. But what does Jesus say? In uh, Luke 14, he says, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, those who cannot in any way pay you back for what you offer. And our, our Bible verse for today reminds us that we should offer hospitality to strangers. We're very good, mostly, at offering hospitality to our friends and our family. But what about those who we know less, those who we might not know at all? Can we offer our homes? Can we gather around a table with those kind of people too? And the reason we should do that, I'll talk about later. Hospitality, the Bible says, is necessary for leaders. Anyone who wants to be a leader should be a hospitable person. 1 Timothy 3. Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now, the overseer must be above reproach. That goes without saying, doesn't it? The husband's but one wife, kind of goes without saying. Temperate, self-controlled, respectable, all things we would expect in a leader. And then it says, hospitable. And it goes on to other things like able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. See, there in that list of all the qualities of leaders, some of them we would say are absolutely essential. Paul says hospitality is also essential because hospitality says something about the kind of person that you are it says that you're not tied to the things that you have that you're not trying to keep people out of your life but you're welcoming them in we should also offer hospitality the bible says with a sense of expectation 
Because what does our verse say to us today? That we should offer hospitality to strangers because in doing so, people have entertained angels without even knowing it. Hospitality can be a place of divine encounter. Not just for the people that you invite in, but for you as you invite them. See, what that verse says to me is that as we offer our homes, our tables, our food to those who are outside our family, then there's the possibility that we receive more than we actually give. And one of the reasons why we don't always offer hospitality cheerfully is because it feels like it's a bit of a drudge, it's a bit of a chore, it's hard work. I'm giving all of this. But we need to have the same expectation about what we might receive. And if you do hospitality correctly, then you can always receive more than you ever give. So the, the meal uh, that we had on Friday night is a regular thing that happens. So I'm part, I've said before, I'm part of a group of leaders who get together to hold each other accountable and to challenge each other to keep moving forward in our leadership and particularly in our re- relationship with Jesus. And we meet uh, every, every month and uh, kind of just talk and pray together and prophesy over each other. And uh, the guy who leads the group... Um, it's a real pain in the neck. We always dread this, but because at every meal we have, he has a question for us. And it's always something deep. It's always something that kind of gets us all kind of opening up something about what's going on in our lives. I mean, this one, it was incredible. We started to talk about the second coming. So the question was, does the thought of what we see around us, all the terrible events around us, Does that bring the reality of the second coming home to us? Is that a motivation for us? And so we had this kind of hour-long conversation about what does the second coming mean to us? And in that conversation, I received far more than we ever gave. As I heard others who were just sharing their thoughts on what they see around them and what motivates them as they want to seek people getting saved. See, the whole point of missional hospitality isn't that you just offer great food and pleasant conversation. The whole point of biblical missional hospitality is that in those meetings, in that gathering, whatever that gathering looks like, there is conversation that happens that points us to Jesus. And it doesn't always have to be some deep theological, philosophical question. It can happen quite naturally. And we always get told, don't we, you know, in polite society, you never talk about politics or religion. I want to encourage you, talk about religion. Talk about Jesus. Any time you gather with someone, look for the opportunity to ask a question and see what happens. And I can guarantee you'll probably receive more out of it than you'll ever give. There are lots of things that stop us from practicing hospitality. There are all sorts of barriers to this, all sorts of hindrances. Let me just touch on a few. One is that we're just too busy. We fill up our lives with all sorts of things that actually make no space for other people. I'm always in danger of that. 
if it's not work, it's kind of my family and all those kind of things. And it's, the danger is it squashes the amount of time I can give to other people. I was challenged a long time ago uh, listening to a talk by Andy Stanley who talked about living with margin. In our society today, we want to live life to the extreme. We want to fill life. And he talked about the need to live life with a sense of margin. In other words, space. Space in your finances, space in your time, space in your energy. So that you can do the things that sometimes God surprisingly sets up for you. So they can invite other people into your life and offer them the hospitality that they need to receive. If you don't have margin in your life, then you'll never be able to do that. And the example he gives is, if you've ever seen a page that is literally filled with text. I received a job application once in my previous church where the text for the application went from the very top of the page, from the very edge, all the way across, and in small writing, and filled the whole page with text. It was impossible to read. You looked at it and you just thought, ugh. And that's our lives. There is no space. Space provides the opportunity for God to do something. So live life with a sense of margin so that you can have the opportunity to live a hospitable life. And if you don't have time for hospitality, then it's probably a key marker for you. It's a red flag to say, are you too busy? Eugene Peterson, who is an incredible pastor and teacher, said that busyness is an illness of the soul. And when I look at certain people, I'm not talking about anyone here, don't worry, but there's people I know who, who fill their lives with stuff as a way of avoiding the issues that are going on in their own life. It's an illness of the soul. Don't be so busy that you cannot offer the hospitality that we are all called to give. Another reason that stops us from practicing hospitality is fear. The fear of not getting it right. The perfect dinner party. It's the curse of us all, isn't it? You know? and, uh, and I want to move away from the idea that hospitality is simply dinner parties. I'll talk in a moment about what hospitality can be. But we want to do it right, don't we? Anytime we invite someone into our house, whether it's for a cup of coffee or a meal or whatever, then we want to do it right. I want to encourage you, yes, do the best you can, but don't try and just be better than other people. Don't try and copy what you might see on TV. Don't try and copy the perfect host that you experienced some years ago. Just be you. You don't have to be afraid of getting it wrong if you're being authentic. Because being authentic is what actually everyone wants out of everyone else. We want people to just be themselves. And to really create relationship and hospitality means that you are just being natural. That you're just being you. One of the other reasons why we we get afraid around the idea of hospitality is the fear of rejection. What happens if I invite someone and they say no? 
what happens if I invite someone and it goes so badly that they never want to talk to me again? There's, nothing, there's no way around that. To offer hospitality is always about taking a bit of a risk. Because you don't know, especially with someone you don't know very well, you don't know how that conversation will go. You don't know how it might turn out. You don't even know if they'll want to in any way connect with you. But in the end, unless you try, you'll never know. And if they say no, then that's their loss, isn't it? They're the one missing out on a great evening, afternoon, morning or whatever with you. Don't be afraid of what might happen. Instead, do it with a sense of maybe if I do this, I'll entertain an angel without even knowing about it. The final one I want to talk about is that we get a little bit hung up, don't we, about our, especially if you invite someone to your home, about your home. How does it compare with other people? Is it tidy enough? Is it clean enough? All of those kind of things. And there's this kind of pressure now on people, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but my wife on Instagram follows all sorts of people who are into cleaning. I mean, it's why? I don't even know why these things even exist, but that's what she likes to do. And there's a kind of pressure on, and we need to resist that. I want to go back to just be authentic. Just be you. Now, I hope that your house is clean. It might not be tidy, because these are two different things, aren't they? You know, you should have a clean house, because it's healthy. But if it's untidy, that's fine. Because that's just the way you live your life. And if we are to be offering hospitality, we are in some way just sharing our life with someone else, even just for a brief moment of time. Don't try and hide that. And again, sometimes that kind of fear is something we just have to step into and accept that I will always perhaps feel this way. But the call of God on my life is actually to be a hospitable person. To be that kind of welcoming, accepting people. You know, some of the best and most hospitable people I know actually have really untidy houses. And one of the reasons why they are so good at being hospitable is, well, if you come with your kids and the kids make a mess, I don't care. And their family comes along and they feel relaxed because they know that the, their kids can in some way just be a bit wild if that happens. It's natural. We don't have to have the perfect home. And we all have fears around hospitality. Every single one of us do. But our fears should not stop us obeying the call of God to be hospitable. See, we need to reclaim hospitality. We need to reclaim hospitality, firstly, from the pandemic. Because everything stopped, didn't it? And we talked about hospitality just a little bit of time before the pandemic hit, didn't we? You may remember that. Probably most of you don't, because I know you don't remember my sermons, all right? And I'm, I, I'm cool with that. It's fine. But we talked about the need to be an hosp a hospitable people. 
in order to be a missional people. And here we are again talking about it because we need to reclaim that idea back. The pandemic snatched it away. And as we kind of come, well, are we coming out of the pandemic? Mm, Not really. Apparently it doesn't exist anymore, but we're still in it, aren't we? But as we get back into normal life, we have to reclaim what the pandemic took away from us. And that is the idea that we should be a people who invite others into our lives and share our life with them in some way. We need to reclaim it back from what the pandemic took back. But we also need to reclaim hospitality from the tyranny of the perfect dinner party. We need to reclaim hospitality and make it normal and natural and fun and authentic. And we can only do that by stepping out and actually doing it. And we need to make sure that we are not just putting on dinner parties that are in some way perfect, but creating spaces where people can be real, where people can tell you things that are going on in their their lives, and you can tell them the things that are going on in your life. That's hospitality. That is real welcoming. That's accepting people as they are. And in return, they'll accept you as you are. It's about around the table, whether that table is in a home, in a cafe or whatever. Around the table, just sharing life and trying to get to the deep, meaningful things of life. Particularly faith. But we also need to kind of reclaim hospitality from that whole idea that it's about food and all that kind of stuff. See, one of the other tyrannies that goes on is that you have to be a perfect cook to be a host. Uh, My wife and I are not perfect cooks. We can do okay, um, but I've poisoned quite a lot of people in my time. And um, yeah, if, if you ever come to our house, it is a bit of a lottery, all right? I just tell you now. But on TV, it's all about chefs doing this and chefs doing that and producing beautiful foods and all those kind of things. What's wrong with just fish and chips from the chippy? What's wrong with just getting a takeaway? You know, some of the best nights I've ever had is when uh, my wife and I meet with uh, two other couples, uh, probably about once a month. And all we do is we get a takeaway. And they've been some of the best nights where we've shared life together and talked about some of the most deepest and meaningful things that are going on in our lives. You can't beat an Indian for that. It doesn't have to be you cooking perfect food. It is about sharing life. And we need to reclaim hospitality away from the the chefs and the perfect cooks and the nigellas and all that kind of stuff. Although, to be honest, I would love nigellas to come to my house. Uh, (laughs) um, We need to reclaim it back from that. And just make it, this is what ordinary people do. This is what normal people do. We just gather around a chippy. A friend of mine, and some of you know her, Brenda Noble. Uh, She had a real ministry at one point of of just having a chippy with someone. They would just uh, get, get a takeaway, take it back to her flat, and just do life together. It doesn't have to be anything more complicated than that. So, how do we create missional 
hospitality. Just four quick things. We need, to, and I'm coming back to something that we have talked about before. Make our homes a sacred space. We sometimes think of our homes as like our castle against the world, don't we? And the Bible never talks about homes in that way. Homes were a place where people met God. You look in the book of Acts. It's filled with homes where people simply met God. And we need to see our homes, our messy, tidy homes, our homes that are not perfectly decorated. We need to see them as sacred spaces where people can encounter God. Now, hospitality does not have to be about your home only. Hospitality can be you saying to someone, let's go to the the cafe and I'll buy you a coffee. Hospitality can be, let's go for a meal, I'll buy you a meal. That is you offering something of your life to them and something of your resources to them. That's hospitality. But we all have homes that we can use too. And the danger of our church particularly is that we have a great space, don't we? And our first... <laughs> we have a great space, don't we, when it's not falling apart. Um... <laughs> and the danger is that we all think, oh, we'll just meet in church. What does the Bible say? It says they met in their homes. There is something powerful about making a home a sacred space where people can encounter God. It's easy to come and meet here. It's less hassle for us. We don't have to tidy up at the end of it, and all that kind of stuff. But homes are actually the biblical way in which we create hospitality and space for encountering God. Second thing is this. Create space for others. Make time and plan it in. Andrew and I, we quite often just sit down and say, well, who do we need to invite and when are we going to do it? Because we have to plan it in, otherwise other things crowd in. Create the margin where you can do that and start to plan it. Unless you plan it, it may never happen. As you plan it more, it becomes more and more natural for you to say to someone, oh, come to mine this Friday and we'll have a meal. But you may have to start by planning it first. So make space. Secondly, just think about sharing what you have. It's not about you being the best. Do the best you can, yes. Offer the best you can, yes, because that's honouring to the other person. But if the best you can do is a chippy, that's great. Offer what you have to others. And what you have also that you need to share is you. We all know the story, don't we, of of Martha and Mary and Jesus in their home. And Martha was running around doing the pots and the pans and the cooking and all that kind of stuff. And Jesus said, Martha, stop. Do what Mary's doing. Sit and listen. And we always think about that in terms of Jesus, and that's what we should be doing with Jesus. But actually, that's what we should be doing with our guests. Just stop. Sit down with them. Listen to them. Because in listening, that's where you get the opportunity to ask a question 
about faith. It's there in that space that you create for them, where you, give, you are giving them yourself. That is the opportunity for mission. And the final thing is this. Look for Jesus in all that you offer hospitality to. See, everyone that you invite for a meal or whatever, Jesus is working in their life. And all mission is simply working with Jesus to partner with him in speaking to that person and drawing them closer to him. That's what mission is. And whether they've been a Christian for a very long time, then they, you'll know Jesus at work in them and you can talk openly about Jesus. Or they might not be Christians at all. By asking certain questions, you can identify what's Jesus doing in their life. Maybe they'll just reveal it openly. And they won't, not maybe, they won't mention Jesus, but you'll get a sense that this is what Jesus is doing. And you look for that. And you start to just talk around what they are talking about. You start to ask questions that open up what Jesus is doing in their life. Mission is more about asking the right question than telling people the gospel. Because in asking the right question, you open people up to share their life with you. And in that is the opportunity to then talk about Jesus. So let me encourage you to think in this next week, how will you offer hospitality? Who will you invite for a meal, for a coffee, or whatever? Think it through, plan it out, make space. Because hospitality is one of the greatest, easiest, most fun ways of doing mission that you could ever imagine.